0: morning, everyone. Welcome to Faith in the Morning. Something good is going to happen to you today. So expect miracles. I'm so glad that you're joining me today. If you haven't already, you know I have a special guest. It is Friday. I love to bring special guests to help you walk this faith journey out to live the faith style and enjoy the life of faith. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to our podcast. It's on. You'll find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You can download the Faith Plus app because I believe today's message will encourage you and help you to live this life of faith and so today my guest he's the host of the mondo show he's he does a lot of things i'll let him tell you about all the things <laughs> uh, we met earlier this year virtually then we met in person in june and you know his testimony will inspire you his desire to help you win people to jesus will inspire you and has help you live this lifestyle of faith so introducing to you my brother mondo take it away Introduce yourself, tell people about you, share your testimony. I think we'll have a great podcast today. So, thank you once again for being a guest on Faith
1: in the Morning. Oh, Pastor Carrick, my pleasure. It is an honor to have met you this year. I can't wait for our friendship to grow and bloom. I got so much to learn from you. And, you know, one of the biggest treats of my life is that I get to meet people like you people that have a voice, people that are not only challenging the world, but also giving faith every single day to remind us that we are a gift. And and, and when you talk about a gift, I think about my life because I'm an ex gang member from the streets of East LA, California. The world said, lock them up, throw the key away. The world said, you're no good. Every environment that I was in was a reminder that I was being disqualified from my future. You got to understand every gang member in, from L.A. to New York to Chicago to Atlanta gets reminded every single day not to make plans because you're either going to be dead at the end of the day or you're, or you're going to be facing life in prison of some sort. The challenges that I began to face as a young man in East L.A., California allowed me to understand one thing that if someone didn't walk in with a purpose to remind me that I was someone or that I was able to be someone in life, my life was gonna be taken away. I grew up as a seven-year-old kid, not understanding what happened to me, not understanding what happened to my family unit. I come from Guatemala, Central America, where in 24 hours, my life changed. In 24 hours, we went from having a family to 24 hours, my father walked away, my mother walked away. Life didn't make sense anymore. In 24 hours, my life became someone else's life. I was looking for my father. And when I was looking for my father, the gang walked in. And the gangs in East LA, California are pretty much the purpose and the destiny of every inner city kid that doesn't have a father figure in their life or doesn't have a family foundation to be able to lead them into success into faith into god and yet it was enough love to carry me through the next stage now you have to understand the the foundation of the gang allowed me to find a purpose that i didn't have that was, i was lost yet the gangs were able to walk into my life give me purpose give me a sense of identity. And immediately I began to work myself up to the ranks. And within 24 hours, my life changed here in California. Now you have to also put in perspective that I was a kid looking for my father. I was looking for my father in the wrong situations, in the wrong environments, in the wrong relationships. And through all that process, my identity became someone else's identity. I began to hide the little boy inside of me. I began to hide the pain inside of me because I, I, I figure if someone knew the real me, would they still consider me their friend? I figured that if someone found the pain that I was hiding, would I still be considered the gang member that they were expecting me to be? Now, in the gangs, we were told every single day that love and compassion are a weakness of a warrior. So you had to have that tenacity. You had to have that hate inside of you. I was hating, I, I not even understanding why I was hating. I was pulling the trigger, not even understanding why I was pulling the trigger. I was fighting for a neighborhood that didn't even belong to us. Yet I was willing to give my life every single moment of the day to represent the neighborhood that was... You know that gave me identity, yet I didn't realize why I was doing it though so for a short moment, I began to realize is my life not worth enough for someone to walk in and remind me that I, maybe I have a different destiny? Everyone around me was afraid of us, everyone around me was afraid of us gang members because we looked apart, we acted apart, we looked tough we we spoke tough we we were riding cars that were tough. Everything about us, screamed don't touch us. Yet we needed a hug. Yet we needed someone to step into our life to remind us that we needed a different destiny and, and a different perspective. Yet as a little boy growing up in the streets of Los Angeles, no one was walking into our world to let us know that we were loved by someone, that maybe we were worth something. Yet the environment that we were in was reminding us that we had no destiny past 18 years old. As a matter of fact, Pastor Carrick, every day, and I'm not kidding, every day, my homeboys, my the streets, the LAPD, the society was telling us don't make plans past 18 years old because you have no future. Your future is either going to be dead in the street or your future is going to be to end up in prison. In the rest of your life. So therefore, don't make any plans after 18 years old. So what do you think that did to me? I was living on a fast pace because I knew that by the time I hit 18 years old, I was either going to be dead or I was going to either spend the rest of my life in prison. Yet inside of me, I was screaming, a silent scream that no one was hearing. I was screaming for my father. I was screaming for my family. I was screaming... For someone to notice who who this little boy was, and, and the pain and the abandonment that I felt, I had relationships. I was, I had my friends, I had girlfriends. Yet inside of me, I was screaming a silent scream that no one can hear. And I was wondering, if, if God, are you real? Because if you're real, I want to know where you are. God, can you talk? Because if you can talk, I got a few things I need to talk to you about. And the third thing that I was thinking uh, in the gangs was, do I have a different destiny? Because I can't seem to find a, a way out. I can't. I, I, there's got to be more to life than the streets. There's got to be more to life than the parties. There's got to be more to life than riding the lowriders and 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 showing up to gang fights and showing up to you know talk to girls and win girls and make money. And inside of me. There was the big question. There's got to be more to life than this. Yet I could not find it because no one was giving me a sense of purpose. No one was giving me a sense of destiny. Therefore, I began to find that my destiny might be in prison. Maybe my destiny was to die because if I'm not worth for someone to walk into my life to remind me that I'm loved or that, I'm, that, I, that I matter, then you know what? I don't want this anymore. So throughout my whole life in East L.A., California, I pursued a career as a gang member. And I, would have, I wanted to be known as the best gang member that there was in East L.A. I wanted to be known as the most ruthless guy. I, I wanted to be known as the, as the guy that didn't care about anybody. And that's what I did, Pastor Carrick. I spent my youth not caring about what people thought, not caring about my life, not caring about other people's lives. So when I look at what's happening at Chicago, I see myself in those kids, kids that have no sense of purpose because you know what happened in the streets, Pastor Carrick? There was no leadership in the streets. Therefore we were going wild. So when I see Chicago, I, I see kids that have no leadership. All the leaders are in prison. All the liter- leaders are, are dead. Now you got a bunch of wild kids trying to make a name for themselves yet to find out at the end of the day, that their destiny is death, their destiny is prison, their destiny is to try to make a name for themselves because no one is willing to walk into the world to remind them that they're worth something. Now you may be asking yourself, well, what changed you? What what happened to you? Because I don't want to glorify my gang days and then I'm kind of cutting a lot of the, the story short, but one day, this is what this is what the most powerful part of my about my life about my story is that one day a young girl walked into my world and told me three of the most powerful statements that changed my life. She walked in and she said, what if God is real? What if prayer works? And what if you have a different destiny? Those three statements changed my life, allowed me to negotiate with the thoughts that were put inside of me by the streets, the thoughts that were ingrained by society, the thoughts that my enemies reminded me of every every single day. This little girl, which is my sister, stepped into the world of, of the gang world, risked her life, risked her reputation, but she knew that God had gave her a message for me. And in order for her to deliver this message, she had to step into my world to allow me to know that there is a God, that he does wanna to talk to me and that he does have a different destiny for me. Today, I am I sit here on my set of the Mondo Show, a program that is being syndicated nationally throughout the United States. I'm co-host of the Jim Baker Show. I have preached around the world. Uh, listen, 26 years serving God because I believe and the word that my sister came and delivered on a Saturday morning. What if God is real? What if prayer works? And what if you have a different destiny? I fell in love with the the, the fact that maybe God doesn't want to talk to me. Maybe God does have a different destiny. And when I woke up and I realized that my life had been changed because of a young girl decided to believe that the God that she was serving Gave her a message to deliver to this kid in East L.A., California, this gang member, that his road was death or life in prison. And before I hit those roads, God intervened and sent this young girl that had a lot of faith, had courage, had the strength, had the tenacity, but more than that, had the obedience to walk into my world to remind me that God does have a different destiny for me.
0: Amen. Awesome. So everyone listening, I want let, let that sink in the power of his testimony, but also the power of the bonus of that young girl who brought a message from God. And there's somebody in your life that you, maybe you know them, maybe you don't know them. Maybe you're going to run into them at the store or at Starbucks or wherever that they're going to need to hear Something as simple as that. Notice how simple those words are, but how powerful and how deep and how profound it is. Sometimes you don't need, you know, five paragraphs to win someone to Jesus or a whole book or a whole thesis. But it's what is the Spirit of God telling you to say to that person? And Mondo, I know because of your testimony and then things that I've learned about you since then is that how big of a part witnessing and personal witnessing, not just witnessing from the pulpit, but believers witnessing in the everyday life is to you. Can you share a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely, you know, Pastor Kerry, one of the biggest things is that we need, my whole heart is, we gotta win one more for the kingdom of God. We gotta, if you wake up with the mindset, one more for the kingdom, one more for the kingdom, you will understand that the passion that we have been called to serve is to win one more because how is it that God had grace and mercy on this kid from East LA, California? How is it that God took you know, compassion towards me? And how is it that, why? I need to wake up with the same compassion that that person woke up for me that day. And one of the biggest things for me is that I gotta use everything I have to remind myself that we gotta win one more for the kingdom of God. One of the tools that I use pastor carrick to be able to continue to witness is the power of language the power of words is so powerful that it can change and transform lives in seconds it does you know what it causes it causes an an epiphany in someone's mind in someone's heart the moment you you step out of your comfort zone and be able to step into someone else's world Listen, you can be afraid, you can be nervous, it can be, you know, something that is out of the ordinary for you, but the moment you decide that you want to win one more for the kingdom, God somehow will give you the the words, God will give you the verbiage, God will give you the text to be able to relate to that person next to you, and one of the things that I use, Pastor, is being able to use my story. Use your life. I may not have the resources. I may not have the influence. I may not have the social media footprint that a lot of people may have, but I do have my story, and I use my story everywhere I go. I try to use my story to witness to someone. I'll give you an example. One of the things that happened a few days ago was I was at the gym, and at the gym, you meet a lot of people, and a lot of people, what they do is they put their headphones on, and they tune out. And they don't want to talk to anybody. That's my me time. That's my time to rebuild. Yet God's time is all the time. But you have to be willing to listen to the voice of God in your mind, in your heart, that when God gives you a word for somebody, are you going to be obedient and not be embarrassed to be able to deliver that word at that due time and season? It doesn't have to always be perfect. It doesn't always have to be at church. It doesn't always have to have the violins playing. Sometimes it's around people that God uses to be able to use your faith in order to connect with their destiny. Now, this is what happened. I was working out and God said, talk to him. I, I said, who? That kid right there in front of you oh, God, uh, and I'm, yeah, I'm negotiating with God. And I said, but, but, but God, uh, I'm using this me time to rebuild. I've had a long day of taping programs and I still got to go home and be a father, be a husband. God, I just want to be alone working out. And God said, your words are connected to his purpose. I took my headphones on and I said, yes, sir. And all I said was, how are you? And this kid looked at me and said, I'm not doing good. I'm tired. I don't know if I want to continue to live. Everything in my life is falling apart. I don't know what to do. You seem like a guy that's been through some things. What do you think I should do? And I said, the first thing you should do is let's pray. <laughs> I didn't have to preach a sermon. I didn't have to have my notes with me. I just said a simple thing, which is let's pray. God will speak to you through prayer. And this is what I believe. The power of words will always shape behaviors. The power of language will change the, the, the standards of living. The power of words will change the values, the convictions. So I knew that through the power of to convict young man's heart to rethink life again. I don't know if he was going to commit suicide that night or not. But what if my words were connected to his destiny? I don't know where his destiny Taking them, but if I would have chose to be uh, if I would have chose Pastor Carrick to be selfish, I believe this young man would have ended his life that day. But the obedience connected to your words and the words connected to the power of prayer, I believe that was the key to preventing this kid from committing suicide that night. We talked for about an hour or two about life. About gospel and all i used was the power of my testimony i'm telling you this happens to me all the time and it can happen to you you just have to be willing to be obedient by just listening i can tell you another story and i'll I'll be quiet but i remember going to lids with my wife you ever been to lids i hardly even wear hats i i don't wear hats because they break me out (laughs) right but when i do wear hats I, i try to wear nice hats and my wife and I took a little date and we started, we went out walking to the this, this store called Lids. And when I walked in, I saw a man on my right. He was walking towards me and he was wearing all red. And I knew for a fact, this guy was a, a blood uh, from the gang's bloods, right? A Pyru blood. And I knew that uh, this was gonna be problems because when I was growing up, Bloods and the Crips, of course, never got along. They still don't get along. I came out of a Hispanic gang. So the Bloods, you know, we were rivals. And as soon as this man stepped next to me, he looked at me crazy. Like he wanted to fight, right? He wanted to intimidate me. And I was just standing there. And he said, where are you from, Holmes? That means what neighborhood you represent. And something inside of me started boiling, right? Like... Going back to the hood, man, it's like, ooh, man, when they told me that, I was ready to fight. I was ready to give my life for my neighborhood. And, and I seen this man standing next to me wearing a red hat, red Nike shoes, red shorts. Everything was just screaming Pyro blood and I, I wanna fight, right? It was that tension in that room and lids. And I, I kept looking forward and I said, God, give me words to be able to speak to this man. I seen my wife walk in front of me. And she told the guy, you know, he's a preacher, right? <laughs> and everything inside of me that was huffing and puffing, all of a sudden went. And I said, you know what, God, this is my time to witness. I looked at this man and I said, hey, I can tell you not from around here. I said, where are you from? And he looked at me and he said, no, where are you from, Holmes? I said, look, I don't gangbang no more, man. God saved my life 20 some years ago but I wanted to ask you something. Where are you from? And he said, I'm from Houston, Texas, man. I came here to represent. I'm here working construction, and and I'm here. I just want to let people know I'm from Pyru Bloods, man. We got to represent. Man, God gave me a word for this man. God told me in that moment, gave me a a word of prophecy, and I prophesied over his life, and I gave him insights to his life that by the time I finished, Pastor Carrick, This man was in tears. He took his hat off and he said, I've never heard the gospel. He said, I had to come all the way to Branson, Missouri to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ for the first time in my life. He said, I've never felt what I'm feeling right now. How can I ask God to forgive me? In the middle of the store of lids where there was at least 30 other people buying hats, the clerk was checking people out in the middle of all this craziness. I'm leading this man to the Lord in the store lids. This is the power of being able to wake up every morning and say, God, help me find one person to win to the kingdom of heaven. I don't know if you wake up with that sense of urgency, but I know this. People are dying every single day. And the chances of them dying without the hope of Jesus Christ is a lot higher than you and I can think. And all I know is this I, there's no way I can let someone go to hell or go into a, a road of destiny without knowing that God loves them. His son, Jesus Christ, died for them. And sometimes we forget, Pastor Carrick, that people are broken, people are in need, people are screaming a silent scream, and no one can hear them. Why? Because we get intimidated by the soup. Oh, they got their life all together. They look they look successful, they're driving a Lamborghini, or they're, you know what, those, those guys, they don't want nothing to do with God, they just, you know, those gang members, they look so intimidating, there's no way I can talk to them, I can't relate to them, they look too tough, they don't look like they want, they want to be bothered, yet, in the middle of lids, God breaks this moment for this man to be reminded that Jesus died for him on the cross, And when he said to me that that it was the first time in 35 years of his life that he heard the gospel and he had to come and hear it here in Branson, Missouri, and let me know we got a lot of work to do.
0: That's awesome. Before we go, can you pray? Because we do have a lot of work to do. Can you pray for everybody who's listening or watching and pray that they have boldness, that spirit of boldness, to be able to deliver messages like that wherever they are, because you are people who are watching in different places, but we all need that boldness that comes from the Holy Ghost. So, can you pray for them?
1: Absolutely. I pray for you right now, wherever you may be, wherever you find yourself—in the corporate boardroom, or you find yourself in ministry today. Maybe you're a family man. Maybe you're a single mother, you know, trying to raise your kids and trying to find God's will for your life. I'm going to pray right now that God will give you the courage. And the faith to step out father in the name of jesus i pray for those that are watching and listening right now that are still afraid to step out of the boat because they don't know what the sense of life may be once they step out of the comfort zone but i pray lord that every person that is hearing my voice right now that has the urge yet they have fear they have the calling yet they have the fear of stepping out god I pray that they will step out, Lord, out of the vault, out of the comfort zone, without fear, God, that they may have courage, that they may have the tenacity, that they may have, God, their boldness, Lord, to not care what the world says, to not care what the enemy says, but they will be obedient, Lord, to your voice and be able to win one more for the kingdom of God. I pray that every fear in their mind, every challenge that they're facing right now that is keeping them, Lord, from preaching the gospel for for praying, Lord, for those that are hurting, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that something inside of them will break and they will step out of the boat in boldness with power, with authority, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this hour that this culture, Lord would not be able to, Lord, disarm them, Lord, but they will be armed by the power of the blood of the testimony, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that they will step out of the boat knowing that you have given them a message to deliver, Lord, and that they will deliver it with love, with power, with authority, Lord, and without fear, that as for me and my house, Lord, that we will make the decision that we will Serve the Lord. Amen.
0: Amen, amen, amen. Mondo, thank you once again for joining us on Faith in the Morning. For those of you who want to learn and follow more, Mondo, you can follow him on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. His show is on the PTL Network. You can download the PTL app and follow him and watch the Mondo Show. Thank you once again, Mondo, for being a part of Faith in the Morning. If you haven't already, everyone, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, share this live stream so other people could be encouraged to win one more for the Kingdom of God. Have a great day, everyone. Something good is
1: going to happen to you, so expect miracles. God bless.